The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. You look around your business and see inefficiency everywhere. So you should know these numbers. 37,000, the number of businesses which have upgraded to the number one cloud financial system, NetSuite, by Oracle. 25, NetSuite just turned 25. That's 25 years of helping businesses streamline their finances and reduce costs. One, because your unique business deserves a customized solution, and that's NetSuite. Learn more when you download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com streaming. Put your right hand in the box. What's in the box? Stop. Put your hand in the box. I hold your neck. The gong It's not fear. Fear is the mind killer. And fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will get it to pass over me and through me. The Duke! will die before these eyes, and he'll know, he'll know, that it is I, man, Vladimir Harkonnen, who encompasses his doom. <laughs> the Sleeper Awakens. You know what? I want to say this right now. I might make you hard today, Henry. I don't want you to. And I, I might am... make you hard today with the quotes I brought. You said bring in three moments. And these moments with a capital O in the word moment. Can't you see your God Emperor is weak? <laughs> can't you see your God Emperor I've been looking struggling? for your penis since I got here. I can't find it. Because I tuck it back. <laughs> I tuck it back to be stronger. Uh, hello. We're, somehow we got to book five. It was like I woke up and all of a sudden we're at book five. Can you believe that we started working on this in November? Wow. And now we're here. It just took this long to read them all again. All of them again. Well, for me, like being touched for the very first time, uh. I read these. And this one is a doozy. I just think this man has become... Too hor- it was like spring has sprung for our buddy Frank, we'll get and into he's it. hornier than a cockeyed bat. Cockeyed bats are some of the horniest flying creatures ever since the pelican. Alcatraz <laughs> means pelican. That's from last podcast. All right. Hello, welcome to LPN Deep Dives, Dune. I am your exultant, many ciliad god emperor, Henry Zabrowski. I have split into a thousand sand trout. I am propagating my species all over again, all over Spotify, only available on Spotify. Yes. And this is my, she might look like me, right? She has the same genetic line as me, but for some reason, she's been chosen as breeding mother. And only I am one of the <laughs> politics mothers. So this is the breeding mother, Holden McNeely. Yes, and um, I'd also like to be referred to by my breeding mother name, Chingo. Ooh, Chingo, <laughs> I certainly wish you'd stop imprinting them so young. Uh, this, I will say, Heretics of Dune is where we have arrived. This is book five of Dude. There is a little bit more. Is it reverse pedophilia if it's woman on boy? I don't think so. Technically, the, think it so. is just straight pedophilia. A fish is a fish. If you're fucking it. <laughs> All right. Then come it's on, your Tom wife. Bruce. All right. All right um, but Heretics of Dune, 
This is where shit gets a little bit more complicated, which is funny because God Emperor of Dune is actually where shit got actually very complicated. But now we're past the first four planned books of Dune. Well, I mean, it all centers around a concept that we'll get into in a little bit, but the great scattering, which I mean, that in and of itself to me says scatterbrained all over the place. We're spread maybe too thin. There's so much going on in this crazy world we're in at this point. The first three books came out of Frank Herbert's asshole hole, right? They came (laughs) out. He He ate a lot of fiber the day before. And yeah, one long string of books. And he knew that what he was doing from minute one to minute Xenon book four came about because he fell in love with Paul and Leto too, and wanting to really see the power of the, the idea of hydraulic despotism and the central God character. What is it like if you just protract his existence out 3,500 years? But now we're in book five, where this is Frank Herbert expanding his universe on his own. This book, to me, is beginning of the field because this is an incomplete trilogy, which is why we're not going to go through it plot point, point, plot point, point, plot point, because it's also all plot. It's the exact opposite of God Emperor of Dune, where it is all twists and turns. There's more action yeah. in Heretics of Dune than probably the first four books combined. People There's getting a- sliced up, people getting hit with poison darts. Poison yeah. darts, people getting beheaded by sugar wire, people getting um, exploded by orgasm to death. Uh, you got guys getting their arms <laughs> broken, guys getting their fucking heads exploded. Jigsaw makes an appearance, he puts people to Look, the test. There's a penis torture scene with the T-probe, with Miles Tag. that's true, where they're like, no, my God, God, the penis. They attach it to his penis. There's already a horny episode. And we, Frank (laughs) Herbert did this to us. But Heretics of Dune jumps ahead from God Emperor of Dune 1,500 years. Yeah. And to me, what this book kind of does, because again, I was talking about before that it's an incomplete trilogy. It's kind of like he's starting up his Game of Thrones cycle, where what he's doing in this book is a, a bunch of clashing houses. Uh, playing out space opera. This is definitely the BG in this book in Heritage numero of Dune. Uno. They're numero uno and they're in Chapter House Dune. They're they're kind of technically they're now trailing the honored matrix. We're gonna get to all this around. Yes, the yes, yes. We, but, nobody even has heard the words honored matrix not yet. until just what you just said. But Heretics of Dune to me is gonna make it's good premiere television because yeah. it's high drama between very buxom women. I can't wait to see also the show. hey ladies raise the roof. It's all about you in this book. It's it all is. female all day in this book. It is but this is his expanding his empire. George R. R. Martin I think partially knows in his guts that he's going to die before he ever needs to finish these books. True. And I think Frank Herbert didn't want to die early because he did unfortunately die very early, much too early. Yeah. Um, But I think there's a part of him that's like, I'm going to see how long I can stretch out this fucking horseshit. Not a little, not like that. I think there's more pressure. fucking horseshit's his penis, right? He he (laughs) had a wife until she died. Well, all right. We'll get it. Yeah, we're going to (laughs) wait. Um. This is a natural extension of the plot he started in the first four books. So the fractal nature of Dune that we talked about during the Children of Dune episodes are really at play here. Is that you're going to see the themes that he started in the first four expound 
bigger and bigger and out into the universe. But, you know, to me, is it quite as compelling without a Paul or a Leto 2? I'm not certain, but does that make me a rude Duner or not? Because that's a problem. We got our rude Duners, the fucking ride or die Duners that like any mention of anything remotely attached to Dune. Me, the one thing that this book does for me truly is it makes me truly love the Benny Gesserit, which is... But yeah. that makes you a polite Duner, and I just don't know if that's what we're all about, us rude Duners. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm a God Emperor Duner. Right. I'm my allegiance is to Leto th- too. You see the whole bullshit Absolutely. laid out like a stack of cards all put on a table. But what Heretics of Dune essentially is about is the BG after all these years, still crazy after all these years, they are going to have to choose the golden path for themselves, which comes back again and again and again. So let me do a little bit of a description of the main, whatever you'd call the plot of Heretics of Dune, which is supposed to encompass the next three books, but we know that Frank Herbert only himself finished two. And I will say, I think the most interesting thing for me is almost the premise of this book, because where he takes us from where book four ended, I think is very fascinating where this picks up with the great scattering. So this trilogy, this supposed trilogy, it starts with the Bene Gesserit are fighting in cold slash hot wars with the Tleilaxu, who we finally get to meet in real detail in this series, and this new group from what is called the scattering. And this group is called the Honored Matras, and they are these hot she-bitch warriors from the other side of the universe that are coming back. The way I would describe it is the Honored Matras are the Brotherhood of Mutants to the Bee Gees' X-Men. Yeah. Where it's so like they are, they are truly rude, they're crude, they are buxom, tons and they of are tons of tude, and they're looking to sexually control the universe which is yeah like i'll I'll sign me up for a test and that's why i'm gonna go ahead and say like if you get a weird boner if your sort of vagina becomes wetter than it was before during the course of this it is because it's a very sexually charged book i mean there's no avoiding it it really is this takes place after the scattering now we said the scattering what are they talking about um, it's not just when you throw your various books around your house because you're in the middle of a 12 episode deep dive oh, right. and you I just and everyone's been and you're going, what's the answer? Why? Why don't get I know? Why is he back? And it's not like um, when you have to piss really bad and you're like, I wonder if I could do like helicopter dick with this. And, and then you lay in your back and you just start whipping your penis around like a helicopter and you start pissing and it just gets everywhere. That's not the great scattering either. This is the relatable content that people come to LPN deep dives doing for. The scattering is the 1,500-year period between heretics and God Emperor. After Leto II splits into a thousand sand trout and repopulates Arrakis with sandworms. Now, you're listening to me. We're locked into this. So the God Emperor is no more now. This giant worm god-sized power vacuum that is now there, right? So this he was holding it. He is described as, um, which I love that he describes him as, the key log in a log jam. Oh, That's right. what Terraza, the new mother superior of the BG, calls him. He said he essentially would you... Uh, uh, I don't understand how he knows so much about lumber, but when they're floating... <laughs> Giant lumber, when they're floating big felled trees down a river, sometimes these logs get right. all fucking jammed, jammed up. up. And yeah. that what it takes is an expert to come and pull what they call the key log <laughs> out of the log jam so that the logs can all yes. shoot down the fucking I river. I fucking get it. And that God Emperor <laughs> was that key log. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, I would almost say I didn't realize this till we got to this book, but he was kind of sociologically edging 
society. He, he was like holding them back and holding them back for so long. Dampening the pendulum. That is soon outright. That's what he said. All of these words that all sound like either shit or fucking metaphors. <laughs> yes. I can't handle it anymore. Key log. Yeah, the key log was like constipation thing, right? That was what I was thinking about. But of course. Either way, he was like sociologically edging society to the point where like as soon as he was gone, everyone Boom. went, wah! And just well, went like all edges of the universe. And it wasn't it's not a happy thing necessarily. Mm. What it did cause was because of his also self-imposed quote unquote stability. Some people say, you know, a dictatorship, but he held things in a certain way for 3,500 years against people's will. But also what it showed is that how necessary he was. Cause then when he was, didn't exist, there are universe wide famines, plagues, mass murder, Everyone flips out. And the part of Dude, the reason why- fucking dark carnival. You're selling me on this though, bro. Fucking brat. But yes, I understand that's supposed to sound bad, but it gets me all excited. But my question is, I guess this is one of those for you rude dooners out there. Fucking yeah. hit me with this information if you actually believe that this is different. When he says Kralizek, the typhoon struggle in uh, COD, my question, I think that he might be referring to the scattering, saying that he was trying to bring people to the Krasilak. Mm. And the idea is that they, this is what this was which is this massive chaotic period where then the reason why people could travel to all reaches of the universe is because spice was allowed to be traded again. And it was also allowed to be, people could figure out how to get spice, where he was the one that had any sort of hoard of spice and him alone. And finally, when people could get spice, because that's after 3,500 years of the God Emperor hoarding spice for him and him alone, it was finally available for sale again. So that means guild navigators can do their thing. Humans get prolonged life, which helps travel them across the universe. The Bene Gesserit can also get back to their work. So now they are deciding to try to, they are pulling together what was left of their organization to start to realize, oh, we need to figure out how can we take control in our reasonable way? Because the Bene Gesserit always view themselves as, well, we're the wise ones. We're the ones who should be in charge, even though it also says you, you also are control freaks that need to be in charge. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and have clearly failed in the past, but we don't have to focus on mm -hmm. that. But the, where, where this book starts is the scattering had happened. The scattering had happened. Yes. Now. The, the piss has flung around the room. All over the room. The helicopter dick moment has happened, but now the piss is coming back. Mm. The people from <laughs> the scattering. It's weird. I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't work. Do that. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. work. That part doesn't um, work. The people from the scattering are coming back. And that's what this honored matron shit is. And that's why shit is what we said in God Emperor of Dune. Why was this book being written in Heretics of Dune? It is about the fact that the BG have been setting up for a long time, knowing eventually these fuckers are going to come and look for them from the other side of the universe. Once you said hi, hello, which is also shown in the three body problem where that entire book is about the dark forest syndrome or whatever that situation is where the idea is that you should never look for alien contact because the second you make contact or they kind of even send out like a little hello buoy, they're going to come to kill you. Yeah, I don't want to end up in a goo pod. That you is know what I mean? what's happening. That is what happens. As soon as they see us, that's why we got to be careful if we're looking for these nuts and bolts, meat and bone aliens. Because as soon as you say hello, they know that you are, you also are not the only business in town. They know they're not the only business in town. And they only want one business in town. And what is that business? Fried chicken limousine. What, <laughs> what are you doing? That's it.
People want fried chicken in a limousine. But but they'll never get to read Dune if we don't make contact with them and, and show them Herbert's it's a mistake. phenomenal work. That's a mistake. Just it's to a hand them Dune. Absolute like, you mistake. Read this. You don't think an alien can be a rude Duner? You need to learn Fucking your route. crude Nooners. I will throw heretics of Dune at a fucking alien and see what they do because I love to have a conversation. But when it comes down to it, Rude Dooner is about attitude. Rude Dooner is about freedom. I don't think I can get down with this dish. I like the first form, but this was a little too horny for me. Let me talk about orgasm control with you, Klaxor. <laughs> so now we know the BG, who is left? Who is now, right? 1,500 years later. The yeah. BG are in charge. What I do like this one quote that they said is that they've been talking about like essentially one revered mother from the Bene Gesserit was like, well, how big could this scattering be? And I like this statement. The outer surface of a balloon is always larger than the center of the damn thing. That's the whole point of the scattering. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Um, but now you have um, Reverend Mother Terraza. Terraza is the new lead uh, Reverend Mother in charge. She is... Not as mean as some of her former counterparts. Yeah, I can but say. she is holding a more a, bureaucratic. They're a little more bureaucratic. She's a little bit more of a uh she has a vision for the Benny Gesserit, and she knows that their main problem is this group on the honor matrix that are showing up. But there is also a massive split within the Benny Gesserit that is causing a lot of problems. And it's mostly led by these this one woman named Schwangu. And and the, the problems are is that Terraza has started another Duncan Idaho Gola project, uh, which we don't even know what the hell this is about. A yet. lot of issues with this. People think it's maybe a terrible idea, seeing as how, like, I don't know, shit went tits up with Duncan Every Golas in the past. Oh, and Gola. Wouldn't you program. know? The, the, they put a little something secret inside of them, too. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't the, you the, know that Tleilaxu they... fiddled with the new Duncan <laughs> Idaho? Because this is now the 12th. Like they've done every single time. Every time. But this one's different. Because this one, they believe, will work to their advantage. They always think this um they have they're now on gamu which is former gaiety prime that is where this new duncan idaho is there's a bg outpost there where he's being trained he's the 12th one because the other 11 have been killed by the people who supplied him the tleilaxu every time i don't know why they say it's because the tleilaxu is trying to control their timing from outside about whatever their program is but how would the tleilaxu know and what is the bg's plan why don't they just tell us what the goddamn plan is? But you know what the plan is? Because, you know, they always say we're trying to avoid another Quitsack Hatterack. Yes. We don't want a Quitsack Hatterack. We don't want another God Emperor. It's a part of the reason why the BG is split in half. But Terraza is insists that this time, this Duncan Idaho Gola is going to be the one to fix everything. But yeah, because and his purpose is to make fuck fuck with the... Uh... Shianu? Yes, like, I'll go through some of his purposes. <laughs> um, we will get to Shiana as well. Shiana, sorry. Um, but uh, there's also uh, Odrade. Odrade and Terraza are old friends. They're only a couple of years apart, but Terraza got the boss job. Odrade is still technically just a normal reverend mother, um, but they they go way back. They used to know each other as Tar and Dar. Tar and Dar, which is very funny. There's some strange... I love also, just real quick, they refer to Arrakis as Arrakis. It's like this funny that slang... <laughs> Rackus gets gotta that, get some Rackus, and uh, sounds like some kind of weird slang drug. Caledonians, 
are now Cal- or Caledonians. It might be Caledonian because it's Caledon. So it's Danians now mm. that's also been shortened. Frank Herbert believes in the future. Consonants are illegal. <laughs> and they just chop them off of yeah. names. So also, I kind of he just kind of believes that people just change names. That planets would change names. It's one of those things that Frank Herbert, I think, always really nails, which is the idea of like when you're crossing massive periods of time, things will definitely morph and change in ways in order for them to fit easier into the mouths of humankind. Um, but they're on Gamu, which is Gietti Prime, which also I didn't know was the real Duncan Idaho's origin point. I mm. think I forgot. They might have said that in the original four books, but I don't remember because Duncan Idaho was born into servitude on Gaiety Prime when the Harkonnens were in charge. Ah. And what they're trying to do is bring Duncan Idaho back to his most innermost roots to create the most, essentially most Duncan Idaho-y Duncan Idaho that they can make for whatever their purposes are. The one thing that they're going to do different this time is that what they're bringing in is a hot mama named Lucilla. Mm -hmm. Lucilla, again, all look like Jessica. That's what they all kind of talk about. They all have the same body as Jessica. Very sensual. Lucilla's job is to be a sexual imprinter. Her job is to have sex with the 10-year-old boy, Duncan Idaho, that they are currently training. Everyone's just like, it feels weird because they are going to wait till his 15th. Um, but the part of the reason why they're going to get hard at 10. I've been hard since I was four years old. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'm asking the wrong guy. Uh, but they, they want to sex up the Duncan Idaho in order to train this dude to be indebted to the BG. Um, the main thing we're going to see here is that what heretics of Dune is all about. And the word heretic comes up quite a bit is Taraz at one point jokes, the only thing the BG creates anymore is heretics these days. Because the thing that they're always trying to fight against is this idea that the BG are not supposed to fall in love, ever. Love is an illegal emotion for the Bene Gesserit. They're not supposed to succumb to love. This was the downfall of the God Emperor. Which, uh, but oh, no, it wasn't though, because the God Emperor's very purpose was to explode into a thousand sand traps. Oh, yeah, we good. actually yeah. was the ignition. You want to fall? I will correct you and I will <laughs> attack you. But Odrade is the symbol of the new face of the, see how I press my breasts? Yeah. The new face of the Bene Gesserit who, who's supposed to allow love. Because Odrade was always kind of held back by the fact that she fell in love with the first man she got a baby from. Because you know how the BG, they go and they they sneak babies at a dude. They fucking steal their cums. When she met a dude for the first time that she was supposed to steal his cum and make a baby from, she said that unlike all the training males, think about what it's like to be a training male in the Bene Gesserit schools and stuff. Like their jobs are to like basically be fucked by yeah. the Bene Gesserit. Where to I can learn. find worse gigs. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Sure. But you know, it's just like, it's gotta be at least one handsome guy, but they also probably have to learn how to do it to a bunch of ugly dudes too. Well, I would think, right? That would even be the bigger test, right? In fact, that's its own pain box. You know what I mean? It's just like, fuck this old guy's weird old dick. You Some know what I mean? people like that the most. Maybe for them. Right. That's when they're like, I'm on the BG basketball team now. <laughs> because they're also uh, BG, they don't make it. That's yeah. the truth, too, so which we also remember in the last, uh, in God Emperor, the one Bene Gesserit woman that Leto II would speak to, Chinoa, who's now a saint in this time period, and Leto II told her that she would be a saint in God Emperor, oh, is cool. now a saint to these reverend mothers, but she never was a reverend mother. She never went through the spice agony because she was too emotionally vulnerable. Mm. Um, so Odrade kind of models herself after this person. Odrade's not like the other witches. She's not. But is exactly like them, too, because they all are genetically based off the same three people. 
Yeah, just like uh, people who say I'm not like the other girls are just like all the other Quite girls. Quite often they are, because a lot of other people say that they're not like the other person. You have to do it. Show it in your actions, not your words. <laughs> yes. But now, the Bene Gesserit, they've spent the last 1,500 years kind of crawling back from underneath the god emperor's cowls. Their job is tendrils. now- They're tendrils. Their job is to figure out how do we make sense of this universe again? The breeding program is back up. The Missionaria Protectivia, they have- kind of walked back a little bit. Well, it didn't really work out for them too hot, the Missionaria Protectiva. Well, the God Emperor of Dune shit, the Golden Path is still alive and working. What he did in those 3,500 years worked. It calmed the universe down. Things are chill now in a way, but also the pesky Shai Halud like worm-based religion also won't leave. It won't fucking get out of the universe. People are still worshiping the God Emperor. Well, his to consciousness still lives in a worm. Well, does it or does it not? That's actually a central question about Heretics of Dune, because there's a lot of people fighting about that concept. And the one group that's specifically fighting that is the Tleilaxu. So the main competition the BG have right now are the Tleilaxu. And we finally get to go in Heretics of Dune to the Tleilaxu world, which is fun. To me, that's like one of my favorite parts of the entire, this second half is like getting to know them because they're so fucking creepy and weird. I want them to do a show about the Tleilaxu because they are, they think they're, they think they're geniuses. They think they're evil geniuses, but they're tiny little goblin people. Yeah, it's like an island or a world of of mad scientists, but like pinky in the brain style. They think they're so devious, but they always get gamed. Mm. Every turn they do it, but they are, it's just so funny. They cut to the Tleilaxu world. It's this like computer religion place where you go, everything's highly high tech. Everything's re also really strange because they fuck with bioengineering. So it is this like uh, organic future world that they live in. Um, the Tleilaxu are split into two groups. It's the masters and the face dancers. Now we've met face dancers before, but face dancers now are really kind of more, they really pin them down as they are sexless, like essentially soldiers, like run along fucking dolgers yep. of the masters. The masters have, they also have body control abilities, but they can fuck. Their cum works. The rest of them are completely sterile. And the masters, there's only a small group of them that have all existed intact for millennia. These so they they look like little goblins. That's mm -hmm. the way that they're described is like bald completely, pointy little nose, pointy little ears. They're less than like maybe 4 feet tall, very very small, um but they can make themselves handsome goblins. Like in a way they get tighter. That's what they said something like they could make their faces kind of look cute in a way which I do want to see. I kind of imagine all of the face dancers with the, but like separately when they're relaxed, they kind of look like Grimes. Yeah. Also, who wrote the concept album about Dune? That is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely, definitely a Grimes. It's uh, a bow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spice. Are the Tlaxlu? Oh, yes. Are they sexless? No, they have come. Okay. And they talk about their semen quite a bit, actually. <laughs> um, but we find oh, out. What he said last sentence. What do you mean? They talk about their how they give their semen to their ox, uh, the oxotl tanks. 
I still have a hard time with that stupid fucking <laughs> okay. word. Which are there women? We know now I'm that we- I'm just waiting till we could get to the point where we could just talk about like why Frank Herbert got so horny. Yeah, we are, we're books. close. We're he close. went from sexless godworm to just this the is the most, most sex. horny. Like everything is based on sex. Like everybody's, every, the crux everybody's of fucking. everybody's war scheme has something to do with like massive amounts of cum being it, it, this shot is the, into other people. This is close to the <laughs> horniest book I've ever read. Yeah, like so Heretics weird. of Dune so is horny. so filled with sexual tension. I look up to it because like I can only hope I'm this horny at this point in life that Frank Herbert managed to be uh, in his later years. You have to create your own little world and make all those little characters horny and then you can be horny through them. Make something called like, you know, the um, the, the the leaf children where it's a bunch of tiny leaves yeah, but everybody fucks. But they have tits like kind of scattered all over the, that's my great scatter, right? They're scattered all over the leaf. Dude, and then write like, this. Suck the left right one, you know what I mean? Write the, the, it, bro. the bottom right one and I will get rejuvenated. This you know? is your Dune universe. <sighs> Fucker Franklin's fantastical um, trip through the forest was the name of that and that's coming soon it's gonna be a hard sell i'll talk with our editor <laughs> uh but the tleilaxu there's not as much religious intrigue in heretics of dune but where it comes from is all the tleilaxu the tleilaxu have been around for a long time they have their own highly secret religion or they believe it's highly secret that they really they they believe in a true truth that the rest of the universe doesn't anymore they call leto to the prophet basically saying that there is an even bigger God than Shai Halud. This kind of gets us into the, uh, it kind of sounds like the Gnostics, right? Where that they, they believe that there is a creator God that would be something like a Shai Halud, the theoretical Shai Halud, and that Leto II was just a physical representation of that God, and mm. he was not God. And that they believe there was a Tlaxu-based creator God that, quote-unquote, no one knows about, even though halfway through the book, the BG just fucking guess it in a minute because there are religious creations or they've been doing this shit for years. And frankly, the Tleilaxu's religion is pretty hack. It is very basic. They just think that this is the ultimate secret because they believe in this thing that's been spread around called the Atreides Manifesto, which is this writing that they say came from Paul himself, who's saying that I have constructed this godhood. I am just a man. I am not a god. But as a matter of fact, they didn't know they fell into the fucking BG's hands because that shit was written by... Buxom O'Dray. Yeah, it's kind of like a bunch of people on Facebook sort of starting to spread this, like, guys, like, let's call them drops, right? And just yes. everybody starts believing, <laughs> and then they think they have the secret, but everybody else is like, we see the secret, and the secret is dumb. It is dumb and fake. <laughs> Didn't happen. Q's not real. It's Ron Jim Watkins. Just fucking go arrest them, please. Um, but the Tleilaxu are also highly xenophobic. They don't mm -hmm. like, this is what I like. They I, love Xena warrior princess by that is what you mean. No, and, uh, I thought that means they're desperately afraid of Xena. Of Xena warrior, right, phobic, yes. Uh, but this, uh, let me see if I can say the sentence, see if it makes any sense to you, all right? So the masters of the Tleilaxu, they are a part of little tiny secret groups called Kells, which are these religious groups that hide their orthodox religion. You have to pass a religious test called a Gufron. Anytime that you were remotely traveling outside of the planet of Tleilaxu with what they call the Powinda, which is the essentially the Tleilaxu Howley, right? It is essentially saying gringo about anybody else. Like, they don't like foreigners in any way, shape, or form. And so if you're ever with the Powinda, when you, if you want to come back home, you have to then go back 
pass the Gufran, which is this religious test, when you recommit yourself to Baldan, which is the long secret revenge of the Slaylaxu, which is... Gufran? You don't know! <laughs> you can't come back! You can't come back! Baldan. It's the Chris Farley sketch. Bald. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, um, I had a Grufron actually on my trip to Italy. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was a little like, overcooked, <laughs> but uh. but the idea is that Tleilaxu think that they are so fucking clever and that they are the only ones that know that Leto Two wasn't a real god. But the BG have also they they know this already, so the Tleilaxu were already fucking beat. Um, I will say Twilif's Waff who is the leader. Don't Shut be, fucking, don't be scared off. of me. The head of this Lailaxu, he did get to kill the first honored matra that they met. No no one else got, he's the first I, one to kill one. Uh, that is, so I, we, you asked me to pick three moments, and so I picked the three moments in the book in which I, after I was finished reading them, I masturbated, and that will end up being one of the first ones. Really? Some of their conversation is quite enticing. She explains, the honored matra explains, to. we'll get there, but the honored matra explains to Waff exactly how they sexually control the okay. world okay. in the um, universe. Next player you need to know is Duncan Idaho. It's the Gola. He's oh, the new Gola, 12th Gola, already a troublemaker. What's he, this? Yeah, let's. what's this Duncan in comparison to all Duncans? What What sets this Duncan apart, uh, would you say? Is he, he's more of a troublemaker I don't than... Know. <laughs> well, they he's believe, more rebellious than even before, because especially because of his weird extenuating circumstances, because he's like, who are these fucking witches? And I wanted to say the other word, but I decided to make it a W. That's what they are. I mean, the BG <laughs> look at Duncan Idaho and they ask themselves the same question. Why Duncan Idaho? Because yeah. they're they are also still fascinated and obsessed with Lido 2 and don't know themselves why Lido 2 was so obsessed with Duncan Idaho. So they think that there's something essential to his nature attached to the golden path in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. They believe that they they are trying to essentially make another Quitsack cataract. But actually, they're trying to make a, a even though they're but not. That was the whole point. They were trying to. <laughs> it's just a fucking thing. They're trying to make another Mentat general lord like the last dude they have, which is a guy named Miles Tag. Yeah. This guy, this Duncan Idaho, he's got he's getting the Pranu Bindu training. Um, he's get has to get six up of the BG so that he stays indebted to their system and produces heirs as needed. And his system has been updated by the Tleilaxu. That not unlike the last, remember, because in the old Duncan Idaho from book four, he had old timey reflexes. So everybody was faster and stronger than him, no matter what they were within the army. This one, they have updated Duncan Idaho to be super faster, stronger than everybody else. It's the 12th Idaho. And so we know now that the BG uh, has now they're trying to protect this last one because they believe that this Duncan Idaho, I, I, in some way, shape or form, the secret plan. This is what I've put together because it's not ever fully explicitly no, stated out loud yeah. that Duncan Idaho is supposed to help the BG Find the golden path again and remain on it because they now know that the golden path is the reason why they all live. But they are constantly wondering whether or not they are a part of a conscious plan of all of those little pearls of awareness inside of the worms inside of Rackus. They still don't know whether or not is the God Emperor still fucking aware and alive. And is he making shit happen now? And what we will find out, long story short, is yes. 
he is still kind of vaguely in the background. Another character that we need to meet, uh, we will really talk about is the Ixians. The Ixians in this world. I have such a hard time differentiating the Tlalaxu and the Ixians in my brain. Well, we never meet the Ixians in this book. The Ixians we know are, you know, Huinori was an Ixian. Um, her jaunty uncle that gets murdered in the end of God Emperor mm -hmm. is also an Ixian. Uh, they, uh, they're playing a long game because they're creating tech for people, right? Yeah. This really great tech people that back in the day, people were really mad about it because especially because of the Butlerian Jihad, but people were getting pretty relaxed about it. They've already replaced the guild navigators with the machinery that can replicate and they can also replicate the spice. So can the Tleilaxu, who also, that is kind of a secret that's an open secret that the Tleilaxu also have their own Huge storage deal. of they're spice. In, in tanks, they're yes. doing it in those. In in the, those... In the, which are women. They're actually inside of the pussies of women. Is right, what they're right. Building. They're, they're, like, they're uh, doing it. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Scenes have also have created these things called no ships, uh, when they and giant no command centers that prescients can't see, which is also a part of what we find out is why they keep doing all of these things because everyone kind of secretly knows the little worms on Arrakis can think. Um, now there's also the other thing to know is that there's Shiana, who is the new. Siona, who is a little girl who can control worms on rackets. Yes, we, we mentioned her already once. Didn't we, we did once. Okay, cool. Because, I just want to make sure I'm not losing my mind. No, we did. Shiana, <laughs> this is where it gets complicated. Then we're going to jump off of just kind of getting through plot because I don't even know what to tell you all about this because <laughs> it really is, it's nothing but plot. So I will then sum up the vague plot of this at the end of this. Um, but Shiana is the new Siona. A little girl who can control worms. Yeah. And everyone's so surprised about she's it. She's our Neo a little bit in this scenario. New baby she's our kind Neo. of like special one. Yes. Chosen-ish one that they're trying to figure out like how to use correctly and all yes. this kind of stuff. She is on Rackus. A rogue worm destroyed her entire hometown and killed everyone that she knew. She, in a moment of rage, this little girl went up to the giant worm and was like, why you killed my family? <laughs> right. And then the worm goes like, oh, like it looks at right, her, goes right. like, like it nods yeah. and goes back in, into the desert. And so everyone's like, holy fucking shit, who is this little girl? She then jumps onto the back of a worm, rides it. All of the priests on Rackus at this point are, have become kind of like, it's becoming even a shittier version of a theocracy on Arrakis. So people are afraid of the priests. The priests are just a ruling class. They don't ride worms anymore. They're considered sacred. They're like left in these sort of like kind of the way I think that uh, cows are treated uh, in the Hindu religion where they are treated as sacred objects, but they're also used as punishment. So any single time anybody fucks with the order of the priests or saying anything bad about the priests on Arrakis who believe in the divided worm god, they throw people out into the desert to be eaten by not shaitan, because shaitan is the diminutive word of the worm. Yeah, you ah, don't be confused. They, they say the S word. They, Shai Halud. They yeah. believe that Shai Halud, they would say the S word. They, we'd be mad if you said that, <laughs> right? Because right. shaitan is just the name of, a, it's just a worm. Yeah. But they believe that the worms are still, they still think Lido 2 is living in all these little kinda worms. in there, yeah, yeah. Which is what we were kind of the, what we left the last book saying as well that that was the idea he scattered off and could therefore no longer have to be burdened with the god emperor but some essence of him an element of him lives on within the sand trout and therefore the uh the worms of iraq his hold on prescience is still there like it's they are all still operating along the golden path they just didn't know it until now and the whole point was to try to figure out a way to jump off of it but on their own 
terms. And it seems like, so Shiana has now become the chosen one in Arrakis because she can work with all the worms. They all think she could talk directly to God. But guess what? All of that is the doing of the Benny Jesuit. Mm. We knew that Chiana has been designed to do this and now she's finally shown up and they're so excited because they've been waiting for this Chiana girl to show up who could talk to the worms because then they have a Duncan Idaho that guess what they're going to try to make them do? Fuck each other. Right. Um, that is, I think, their main plan is that Duncan Idaho, even though he spent a whole book going, I am not your stud! Yeah. He's just a stud again. They're going to try to make him that again. Did they not remit? Did they know that that happened before? We don't know. But uh, also, we don't know. But the one woman is going to sexually break him and then just shove him into the room with Shiana is the That's idea. That's the idea. But in the plans of Benny Gesserit and men, you know, all things go awry. Right. They obviously nothing works out. And then Miles Tag is also important in these books because Miles Tag is the Benny Gesserit's former super general. The one thing you really need to know about Miles Tag is that he's a mentor. And he is a um, he's a superstar in the world of the Benny Jesuit. Yeah, because he can solve conflicts using diplomacy, not war. That's what he's famous for. They talk about all these like like the Barakindo incident, all these like various things that pop up, and the, when they pop up, it's all about almost battles that happened because he was famous for being able to figure out how do I make kind of like in chess. Have you ever seen chess masters play? Yes, and how like. A guy can make five moves, and the other guy goes, I quit. And you're like, why? And yeah, he's like, yeah. he knew it's he because, yeah, that happen. he was going to yeah, win. Yeah. And so he would set up these scenarios so that he'd win in that way, where it's like, you know I'm going to win at the end of this, so let's stop now. Yeah. Uh, and so, and everybody likes him. And because it's really true, this is the golden path, really has chilled everybody out. Honestly, who, who doesn't like a dude named Miles? You know what I mean? Miles, Miles is a cool name. name. He's a fucking groovy dude. And yeah. all of the women want to fuck him. Oh my Lucilla God. Everybody wants to fuck him. Oh, but that's Audrey just like, wants to fuck that's him. saying like every orange is orange. I mean, all the women want to fuck everything in this book. This, I mean, it's a, it's a the horniest book I've ever read, honestly. Yeah, it might as well be called Pussy Water Wave Rides Again. Pussy so, Water Wave Rides Again. Honestly, I would love to see that movie. Honestly, that'd be a great movie. Know, I don't even um, know what it means. And so these are all the various players I'll just tell you the fucking what happens in yeah, the end. Yeah, this yeah. is the spoiler. Yada, yada, yada. Miles Tegg is put in charge of Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho is supposed like he's supposed to train Duncan Idaho with Lucilla. There's an attack on Gamu. Honored Mater's just come in and attack everybody. everybody. Yeah, the, the Honor Mater's rip shit up. Basically, you find out that Teresa's big secret plan is because Odrade gets taken to yes. Siech Tabir by a worm again with Shiana. They find out this whole cavern where it's revealed that Leto 2 is aware and he knew he was going to be aware. And he wrote this message to the Bene Gesserit that I, I still love that quote. He's like, do not allow yourselves, do not succumb to just becoming the death of another secret society. Do you just want to be some secret society or do you want to be the world government? Do you want to be on the golden path? Join me. And Odrade understands this was Taraz's plan all along. Honor Matures attack and literally explode Arrakis. Arrakis at the end of Heretics of Dune is done. All of the worms are dead except for one, which is in the backseat of a Betty Jesserit ship that is going to their super secret stronghold. Chapter House, where they go, where the heads of all the Benny Jesuit live. No one knows where it is. They're going back there to basically recreate Dune 
on that planet. Which so that is just kind of the plot. Sets up, obviously, the title of the next book, of yes. course, is Chapter um, House, dude. But what I wanted to ask of Holden, oh. we asked, we want to talk about what are our top three moments from this book. Should we go, like, back and forth? Do you want me to start and yes. then you go? Okay, oh, cool. Let me start, let me start. I'll, uh, yeah. Yes, you go first. Okay, so like I said, these were definitely um, the three different times when I read this great work and decided it might be a good time to masturbate. And this first time is when Waff, who is, uh, I'll always get it confused, Tlaxu? Tlaxu. Okay, not Ixian. They're just similar sounding words. We never go to the right. home world so of I the guess that's what I can, I can differentiate it with. And the, but uh, yes, they and, and he meets with the honored mater, uh, an honored mater there, trying to find out what the deal is with this Gola. Because also, we'll talk about, we're not going to actually really talk about honored matres until next episode, because we don't really know anything about the inner lives of the honored yeah. matres until They're the next They're just the book. kind of Baddies. They're the bad guys. They're the bad guys, but we know that they are. The Benny Jesserit's mad about them. I'll give one little bit of explanation. The Benny Jesserit is mad because the honored matres make men worship them and them alone instead of religions and constructed things and kind of like put together political structures. They make men addicted to their vaginas yes. physically yes. and then become the center of worship, which is why the BG, their fun name for them is the whores. Yes. And the uh, honor matres is- called them the witches and we're gonna hear that uh word a lot in some of my quotes yes. uh but this is the first one and uh also i will say you're gonna hear the word of voice uh with a capital v here in this very first sentence that's because they do have these sort of bg well, type abilities spoiler book six we're gonna find out that they come from an, an yeah. old reverend mother well, it's kind of obvious yes obvious yes of course uh, but yeah and, it's like and, was paul the blind preacher even, there, there's even seeds of that in this i remember a moment when um i believe it's uh is it Taraza's talking to an honor mater and and they're like you learned everything from us and they're like fuck you, fuck no, you we it. <laughs> all right here's the quote once more she hurled voice at him uh, of course the honor mater to uh waff Demanding, what have you wrought with this gola? This time, Waff was prepared and shrugged it off. The honored mater would have to be deflected or, if possible, slain. He had learned much from her, but there was no way of telling how much she had learned from him with her unguessed talents. They are sexual monsters, his mm. informants had said. They enslave men by the powers of sex. How little you know the joys I could give you, she said. Her voice coiled like a whip around him. How tempting, how seductive. Waff spoke defensively. Tell me why you... I need tell you nothing. And then a little later, on, a smile of pleasure softened her features. Are the Tlelaxu to be our willing servants or compelled? He did not try to hide outrage. You offer a slavery? That is one of your options. He had her now. Arrogance was her weakness. Submissively, he asked, what would you command me to do? You will take back as your guests two younger honored maters. Oh, yeah, it is. They are to be bred with you and Teach you our ways of ecstasy. Waff inhaled and exhaled two slow breaths. Are you sterile? She asked. No, that's the face dance is the one who's sterile that she was going to ask because the honored matrons, they have some idea of what the Tleilaxu are like, but they think that anybody can be controlled by that. Only Bullshit. our face dancers are mules. She would already know that. It was common knowledge. You call yourself master, she said, yet you have not mastered yourself. And then I turned off my tablet and I mastered myself. Well, hey, man, that's all. I, spread love. 
This book spreads love. So that is the first time the book made me masturbate. Henry, go on. This is, I really wanted to do a description of, because remember in the, I want to say in God Emperor, they talk about Bene Gesserit punishments and they talk about how like they're always like worse because of the emotional content of it, which is how it always is. It's always so, so, so much worse to hear like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Um, and that's kind of what they do, but they do it really weird. Mm -hmm. um, this is like from the Benny Gesserit. This is them talking to Duncan because Duncan used to, he used to escape from his holds on Gamu using his abilities as Duncan Idaho, the ultimate sword fighter who's ever lived, but he's a fucking little boy. And so he used to run around like Peter Pan. And so instead of punishing him for escaping, they'd punish all of his favorite, like Benny Gesserit, like soldiers and people around him. So they wouldn't talk to him anymore. So this is, uh, I do like this statement. Benny Gesserit punishments cannot be forgotten. Our punishments carry an inescapable lesson. It is much more than pain. We do not punish with the ultimate agony. That is reserved for a Reverend Mother's passage through the spice. Major punishments are painful, nonetheless. They're also emotionally painful. Emotion evoked by punishment is always the emotion we judge to be the penitent's greatest weakness. Thus, we strengthen the punishment. The punishment, though, always ends in a dessert. Yes. Ah, yes, because he took all the soldiers to a banquet. See, it's not really a banquet, but the idea of a banquet. The dessert comes. Totally something unexpected. The penitent thinks, Ah, oh, I have been forgiven at last. You understand? It is the sweetness of the moment. You have been through every course of a painful banquet and come out at the end as something you can savor. But as you savor it, then comes the most painful moment of all. The recognition, the understanding that this is not pleasure at the end. No, indeed. This is the ultimate pain of the major punishment. It locks in the Bene Gesserit lesson. Very nice. Fucking sweet. Eh? All right. So this is, I believe this is Shiana. Um, this is Taraza and Shiana, and um, I think maybe there's maybe Odrade, I believe, as well. And it's talking about, again, some sort of sexual education stuff. Yes. It, it gets fun. Shiana seemed to be taking the sexual education well, although Taraza's estimation of the sisterhood's available teaching males on Rackus was not high. Her first night here, Taraza had called in one of the servant males. Afterwards, she had judged it too much trouble for the little joy and forgetfulness it provided. Besides, what was there to forget? To forget was to allow a weakness. Never forget! Which I think is a prescience on 9-11. Yes. That's what the whores did, though. They traded in forgetfulness, and they had not the least awareness of the tyrant's continuing vice-like hold on human destiny, nor of the need to break that hold. Taraza had listened secretly to the previous day's lesson between Shiana and Odrade. What was I listening for? Young girl and teacher had been in out here on, in the roof garden, facing each oh, other no. on two benches, a portable Ixian damper hiding their words from anyone who did not have the coded translator. The suspenser buoyed damper hovered over the two like a strange umbrella, a black disc projecting distortions that hid the precise movements of lips and the sounds of voices. To Taraza, standing within the long meeting room, the tiny translator in her left ear, the lesson had occurred like an equally distorted memory. When I was taught these things, we had not seen what the whores of the scattering could do. <laughs> Why do we say it's the complexity of sex? Shiana asks. The man you mm. sent last night kept saying that. 
Many believe they understand it, Shiana. Perhaps no one has ever understood it because such words require more of the mind than they do of the flesh. Why must I not use any of the things we saw the face dancers do? Shiana, complexity hides within complexity. Great deeds and foul ones have been done at the goading of sexual forces. We speak of sexual strength and sexual energies and such things the overwhelming urge of desire. So you make me feel the opposite of anything <laughs> sexual. You do do that. It does. You dampen my penis. <laughs> and after that, I masturbated. That's great. This is great. <laughs> this is great. You know what I liked? There's something about this. This was like, to me, like, this is not even, it's just a moment where the most sci-fi thingy that he does, because, you know, Frank Herbert doesn't do a lot with tech in any way, shape, or form, but just the idea of the Guild Navigator rolling in on a ick ship and he goes being like, see, I don't need any of your precious spurs because that's also what you're going to do with the destruction of Arrakis. What that does is create another spice vacuum. So it makes it so that they could just go, they, they won't need to deal with uh, anybody else's uh, need for spice because eventually the Benny Jesser can create spice on their own on Chapter House. Fantastic. Is that your part? That's it. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, and then also Miles Tag. I, I just because I don't want to. It's too long of a selection. Miles Tag going Super Saiyan when he goes into the T probe. So the T, the he gets captured by the Honored Matrix. They use a thing called a T probe on him, which is this Ixian technology where it kind of reminds me of like in Princess Bride when he's in that like torture device. Yes, it's kind of the same thing where they do attach it to his penis, and they're like, there is that segment where they're like we're going to attach it to his penis, and they're like. <laughs> Yes, yes. And they do it. And then his, the pain is so much, it turns Miles Tag into a super shoulder and he starts popping people's fucking hands. I love that. Oh, yeah, I should mention, too, that part where she was telling him about how the Honored Mater was telling Waff about how she, like, wants to sexually control him with those two other Honored Maters, the young Honored Maters. Well, then they come in, and then he fucking... Poison darts Poison darts with... It's very blink. fun. But yeah, because he's been training for years. And that's, again, first Honored Mater kill. This last moment that we're gonna choose, um, is the point of the Duncan Idaho Gola. That's what we find out, is that we this whole time, Miles Tegg is supposed to unleash, like he's supposed to do the thing that is now normal for Golas to do. Well, what they're gonna do is, they're gonna reinvigorate Duncan Idaho's memories by trauma. That's not the only thing they're gonna reinvigorate. I mean, but Miles Tegg, uh, he does do that before Lucilla gets to sexually imprint on him. So he has not had any boner fied sex yet, but he's now a man inside of a boy's body. Also important to remember, remember that thing called Sheer? I do also want to make sure we cover the fact that the Ixians and the Tleilaxu have also found a way to create a synthetic version of what the Reverend Mothers can do, mm. where they can share memories. So they can now, the Tleilaxu are just golas of the same people, the same 12 dudes for fucking the last couple of thousand years because they just make a new Gola with the old memories and transport them. And basically, they allows them to live forever and ever and ever and ever. But this story is about how this Duncan Idaho was built with something little, something inside of him of what was something extra he was supposed to do. And we find out that his ultimate, ultimate purpose is this. So at this point, Mirbella is an honored matrix. The first honored matrix, besides the head of the honored matrix that get murdered immediately, uh, Mirbella is the only one we get to meet. And she has decided she is going to demonstrate to her compatriots that she is going to sexually control 
Duncan, Idaho. They're wa- literally watching through a little window. Yes, of what they are. This is what the entire book leads to. <laughs> Thousands of pages of Dune leads to this moment. <laughs> Mirbella. She had been here and she had left him. Now she was back and he remembered awakening naked on a soft surface of the sleeping pad. His hands recognized it. Rumbella unclothed just above him, green eyes staring at him with a terrible intensity. She touched him simultaneously in many places. A soft humming issued from between her lips. He felt the swift erection, painful <laughs> in its rigidity. Because that's the thing, their sexual conquests are fucking like evil. Hurts. Well, I mean, I've been there before. You have a bonus oh, yeah, so bad. It. it hurts. Stop it. No power of resistance remained in him. Her hands moved over his body, her tongue, the humming. All around him, her mouth touching him. The nipples of her breasts grazed his cheeks. Yeah, of course over her breasts. What else would they be? <laughs> um, his cheeks, his chest. When he saw her eyes, he saw conscious design. Marbella had returned and she was doing it once more. Over her right shoulder, he glimpsed a wide plaza window. Lucilla and Bersmali behind that barrier. A dream? Bersmali pressed his palms against the plaza. Lucilla stood with folded arms, a look of mingled rage and curiosity on her face. Mirbella murmured in his right ear, My hands are fire. Which you gotta start doing <laughs> to your wife. Mm-hmm. Her body hid the faces behind the plaza. He felt the fire wherever she touched him. Abruptly, the flame engulfed his mind. Hidden places within him came alive. He saw red capsules like a string of gleaming sausages passing before <laughs> That's what I see when I'm sexually Passing aroused. before, it's just a bunch of string of sausages. Mm, like, oh, yeah, wow, let's wow. Go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's to me, too. He felt feverish. He was an engorged capsule, excitement Ooh. flaring throughout his awareness. Those capsules, he knew them. They were himself. They were... All of the Duncan Idaho's original and the serial goalers flowed boom, into his mind. Boom, they boom. were like bursting seed pods, here. denying all other existence except themselves. He saw himself crushed beneath a great worm with a human face. Ooh. Damn you, Leto! Crushed and crushed and crushed time and again. Again, this is like the Forrest Gump part where all the Lieutenant Dans die and you see them all die. Yes. Damn you, damn you, damn you! He died under a Saldar car sword. Pain exploded into a bright glare swallowed by darkness. He died in a thopter crash. He died under the knife of a fish speaker assassin. He died and died and died. And he lived. And he lived! The memories flooded him until he wondered how he could hold them all. The sweetness of a newborn daughter held in his arms. The oh. musky odors of a passionate mate. Yep. The cascade of flavors from a fine Danny and wine. The painting exertions of the practice floor. The axolotl tanks! He remembered emerging time after time. Bright lights and padded mechanical hands. The hands rotated him and in the unfocused blurs of the newborn, he saw a great mound of female flesh. Monstrous in her almost immobile oh, grossness. Fuck. Bro. A maze of dark tubes linked her body hey. to giant metal containers. Hey, the Mother's Day's just fucking passed. <laughs> Birth is beautiful. Yeah. But this not here. Just not in it. No, tank. not in this, because it's it's, it's a giant computer-made woman. Yeah. That is being it is just housed inside of her, the baby. Tank womb. Yeah. Um he gasped in the grip of the serial memories that cascaded into him. All of those lives, all of those lives. Now he remembered what the Tleilaxu had planted in him. The submerged awareness that awaited only this moment of seduction by a Benny Jesserit imprinter. So this was supposed to happen to a Benny Jesserit, remember? Mm. It's another trick that was put inside of him. But this was Mirbella. And she was not a Benny Jesserit. 
She was here, though, ready at hand, and until a laxu pattern took over his reactions, Duncan hummed softly and touched her, moving with an agility that shocked Marbella. <laughs> he should not be this responsive. <laughs> not this way. His right hand fluttered against the lips of her vagina, while his left hand caressed the base of her spine. At the same time, his mouth moved gently over her nose, <laughs> down to the line, lick your nose lip, lick your fucking nostrils, down to her lips, down to the crease of her left, left armpit. Yes, yeah, I mean, I've been there. I, I'm fucking, I get it, I get it. And all the time, he hums softly in a rhythm that pulsed through her body, lulling, Ooh. weakening. Have you done a hum pussy? It works. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I learned it from Cosmo. It's true. And all the time he hummed softly in a rhythm. She tried to push him away from him as he increased the pace of her responses. How did he know to touch me there? Or just that instant? And there. And there. <laughs> oh, holy rock holy of Durr. How did he know this? Duncan marked the swelling of her breasts and saw the congestion in her nose. He saw how she was gotten a runny nose from him, dicking her. He saw the way her nipples stood out stiffly, the areola darkening around them. She moaned and spread her legs open. Great Matra, help me. But the only great Matra she could think of was locked securely away from this room, restrained by a bolted door and a plaza barrier. Desperate energy flowed into Mirbella. She responded in the only way she knew, touching, caressing, using all the techniques she had learned so carefully in the long years of her apprenticeship. To each thing she did, Duncan produced a wildly stimulating counter move. Slam, slam. I'm very good at counter moves, by the way. I'm very, very trained in that. I've heard that, yeah, you're the judo of husbands. I'm very good at like, oh, you want to fucking lick my nuts? Then I'm going to fucking put a knee on your tit. Uh, You know, it's got bigger, baby. (laughs) Mirbella found that she no longer could control all of her own responses. She was reacting automatically from some well of knowledge deeper than her training. She felt her vaginal muscles tighten. She felt the swift release of lubricant fluid. When <laughs> so crazy. When Duncan entered her like a yeah. women, do you got do y'all feel it like Oh yeah, dude. Uh, her arms, her hands, her legs, her entire body move with both of the response systems, well-trained automation, and the deeper, deeper plunging awareness of other demands. How did he do this to me? Waves of ecstatic contractions began in the smooth muscles of her pelvis. She sensed his simultaneous response and felt the hard slap of his ejaculation. <laughs> This heightened her own response. Uh, but wow, man, she just fucking, he fucked her and he fucked her and he fucked her. I'm not, we can't read. There's literally three more pages of him fucking her. And we find out that's what he was supposed to do. He fucked her into total submission. Yep. And then she is going to join the Betty Jessrup because of it. That's pretty fantastic stuff. And I have converted women to certain religions by giving them that fucking i call it my bonkers dick i oh when it, god when it help just us all is insane you know what i mean just locked in here with you um i and you're hard and i'm hard and i hope everybody listening right now is wet and hard yeah. and doing all the stuff that i think I frank so. clearly wanted us dude so this brings <laughs> us we, we to sat. the funny point where we were like i was we, we're we, trying we, to figure it out like okay <laughs> So God Emperor of Dune specifically was sexless, right? Like <laughs> yeah, there was the whole no sex. Thing was that he was lonely and he was the loneliest one. He was yeah. so lonely. My is king. Yeah, he did the whole and, thing. But we Nori obviously was the kind of Petrarchian love, like his inattainable, like she got dick from Duncan Idaho, but she loved him though. She loves my soul. Mm. And so it was very not sexy. But Heretics of Dune is fucking just filled with cum and so like we were like how did he make this jump and i was like let's look up when beverly died i want to see exactly when she died because she died of a long illness which is very sad we're in the car on the way here i literally just google on my phone 
Beverly Herbert death. <laughs> and then the first sentence read, Beverly Herbert died in 1984, the same year that Heretics of Dude And so was he released. wrote this while she was sick. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, this is him so fucking just boring. thinking about Knowing. all of the tale he can now get as a famous <laughs> author. I know he loved his wife. I want to say <laughs> caveat here. We know Frank Herbert desperately loved his wife. Yeah. And he was super in love with her. But um, at the same but time, we also know that he started dating like super young like, immediately. ladies he, immediately. And that was a, a part of the biography or whatever. My favorite fucking <laughs> switch I've ever heard where he bought a convertible. Um, He got rid of the hearse. <laughs> he got rid of all of the frumpy bullshit and literally just started fucking 25 year olds. His 28 year old editor, he started getting right into it. So it's like he just was so... <laughs> ready yes. to explode he was so so kind of how i said that the god emperor was socially edging everybody so that the great spreading could happen he was sort of edging himself in the writing of this book i think i think so. he really was bringing himself to these very intense erections while creating this this ma hey masterwork all right hey man he he's allowed to if yeah. this can make if your own writing makes you horny i think that that is the sign of a true artist yeah where if you are so wrapped up in your own world and you're so into like picturing these honored matrons because like we'll describe them even more next week but like these statuesque like body suited sex warrior women are it's just like where does this come from also next episode you know what we get space jews nice they're also there yeah it is known as an unofficial sequel to the history of the world part one it is uh, also, yeah, I, I do remember uh, in doing the biography work, I believe it was an entry in his diary, November 4th, 1983. He wrote, um, I have it here, today I made myself hard by just the mere writing <laughs> about a woman's sexual energies. Not I, the perfect imagining. I was right there. All of the thick brown hair on top of my bald head, I imagined. <laughs> I made myself Duncan Idaho and saw how many a shoot was had. I can't believe I finally was able to write about tits so in-depth that it made me come. I wrote about tits so legitimately that, I, that the whole world loves it. And it's it's now in Dune canon. And I just want to say, if you guys think we're exaggerating and being like, because I know Henry and I Dude, make a lot of sex horny. jokes when we hang out. Sure, yeah, We like yeah, to yeah, joke yeah, around yeah. We're about We're horny sex. little nerd men, but, but, but this is actually what the I, book is centers this on. This is a part of the reason why I am the way I am. I really do think that there is a part of the horny, like, God Emperor Frank Herbert DNA is in all of us soft-bodied nerd boys <laughs> where we're all, like, gripped with little horniness. Why is Mer Bella, like the funniest name for like a sex slaver that ends up getting like out fucked. I don't know. He, Marbella, so I made you come till you die. Marbella does sound like the name of a stripper you fall in love with. Right. Uh, but that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. Because yeah. she is a crazy eyed person. It's and but let's again let's celebrate though, Heretics of Dune for a second. For again, centering women as the most powerful creatures in the universe. Mm. And that is one thing that he does do, even sure. if it's backwards feminism, <laughs> he at least makes what it so it's about women. <laughs> you know, women are the, they are the ones totally at play here. Yeah. They're the ones doing all of the heavy lifting. Miles Tag, even though he's the super warrior general, he is under the heel of the Bene Gesserit. This is a femdom world that we're in. And uh, as a person that might 
kind of subscribe to more of a sub lifestyle. Sounds kind of fun. <laughs> like it does. Like, and I do like what he does with the uh, the the way that they fight each other and their uh, their central uh, kind of like I like I don't know what you'd call the fight because it's it's female ego. Which is what I like. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Well, I definitely haven't read a book that made me shoot just very difficult. I'm going to call them difficult loads. But I also just wonder where is our... Where, I'm looking this up right now. I want to see where my honored Maitre cosplay is. Where is oh, this no shit? no way, Come dude. On. Where is this Are you shit, out girls? of your mind? Maybe where in is it? Come 10 with... years if they There's actually get There's a couple of people. Fifth... And by the way, and like, we talked about like, oh, what are these books going to look like as movies fucking <laughs> before? But like, if they get to book five, I mean, are we just going to get like a Fifty Shades of Grey Dune? It would be incredible thing? if they have the balls to do it. Yeah. It would be nice for them to do it because it also, it's not, what I do like is that the fucking is about men, but it kind of also can pass the Bechdel test because mostly it's not about relationships with men. It, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, someone's already probably yelling at the podcast that I said <laughs> that, but it, I, at least it's not about like, I hope Billy likes me. Right. Like It is about dominating the universe. Now, my final question to you is, in terms of this book, do you think Frank Herbert himself had a situation where a woman tried to sexually enslave him and then he fucked her so good and so hard that he ended up becoming the dominator. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair I'm enough. I'm going to go as far to say no. Fair enough. I think that this is a fantasy <laughs> the man had. And that in some way or form, because again, remember last episode, he Frank Herbert still views himself as Stilgar. But I will say it is such a treat to really get to go into not just the author's mind, but the author's balls. You know what I mean? We are swimming in them. And then guess what next week we get to? We get to come out the little hole. That's what I'm excited for. Wee! <laughs> we will talk about this shit. Uh, next week, uh, we will talk about the great merger between the Benny Jesser and the Honor Matrix. Sorry Can't to spoil wait. it, uh, but wait. yeah, there is a bit of a merger. And then we'll kind of talk about the, how it ends. Um, kind of not in a fart. But on a whisper. Yeah. And how, uh, because we lose Frank Herbert at the end of book six, and we lose a little bit of that same drive. Like, I know but... Frank Her Brian Herbert did his best to keep the legacy going, but that's why I'm forcing uh, you to read Dune, the official Dune book seven, for when we come back for our 13th episode. And also, we get to talk about new beginnings in our final episode, where we talk about this upcoming film. We talk about the uh, All media the, that the came media. before. The, the next two episodes will be about uh, chapter house a little bit, but then mostly about all of the Dune media that you guys have been asking us about. Yodorowsky's Dune. You've been asking we'll about, our, about our responses to this stuff, and we are, uh, I couldn't be happier because this is the shit I really love. I love seeing people's interpretations Thank of Dune. Thank you so much, too, to everybody who sent me very amazing, like, long, in-depth uh, stories of your own experiences with prescience. We should bring those in and we read should. them next week. I would week. love to do that uh, because they're fantastic. They're they're all really, like, we'll have it's to read cool. chunks of them because people really sat down and took a lot of time to tell their story to me, and I really do appreciate that. 
Uh, so thank you so much. Maybe we'll be able to read a couple of those on the podcast. So thank all you rude great. Dooners out there. And and stay rude, because I'm hearing a lot of people going around wearing shirts with worms on them, just kind of flipping uh, people's Fucking tables over. Show people that that's yeah. the message here, bro. Yep. We're not changing saying please, not saying thank you. Don't open doors for people. You stay rude, you fucking, fucking rude Knock a lightsaber out of somebody's fucking hands yeah. this weekend. Please. It's Zune season. It's fucking, it's over. May 4th is fucking <laughs> yeah. over, dude. Anybody wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, throw a bunch of worms in their face. Be like, you should start carrying worms, worms with around. you. Yeah, carry worms with you. Fucking rude dooners gotta make their presence known. Fuck, we gotta make ourselves, we gotta hey, earn ourselves a chunk of Hey, your presence is your prescience. So yep. fucking make that presence known and okay, tell bro. people what's gonna happen to them while throwing worms on them. I love this shit. I also want to say thank you to Rob Oakey, our editor, who has just been crushing it. I want to just you. say it openly on the mic, and I want to say thank you to Joel McKean for his research that he's helped me with. Um, by you know, He went through, helped me with the Frank Herbert biography, and he is another member of the stalwart major domos here at the LPN. Sure. The fish speakers here. Um, the the never-ending religious soldier army that is a part of our podcast. All right, name all the podcasts so we can get out of here. Okay, everybody, you better fucking <laughs> listen to the last podcast and the left. Another thing was an LPN. You gotta listen to fucking No Dogs in Space, uh, Someplace Underneath. You gotta listen to Wizard and the Bruiser, page seven, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, LPN Deep Dive is Dune. That's this show. Like this show. Listen to this show. Fraudsters. Fraudsters. Coming, but hopefully, you know, we want more of that coming out, hopefully but soon. The story must be told. Story must be told, which we just had them on Class A Night In, and it was great. Fantastic. Um, So go and listen to these shows. Um, Blessed Be the Maker. Get yourself out there today, and uh, go to Disney and ruin somebody's day talking about Dune. And now, another episode of Dune Theater. We now join Frank Herbert and his wife Beverly in their master bedroom as they attempt a lovemaking session after Frank worked on many chapters of Heretics of Dune. Now Beverly, I want you to try to hold this pencil inside your vagina and... I'm going to try to break it with my hand. Can't we just have regular sex? I'm very sick, Frank. Please refer to me as Duncan or Mr. Idaho if you're nasty. Then it'll be Duncan. I thought you were Stilgar when we do this. <laughs> A common mistake, my sick wife. I have the mind of Stilgar, but the penile strength of Duncan Idaho. The two guys you made up. Okay, got it. The key is to contract your vagina so that it controls my mind. But then I make love to you so hard, Mirbella. Your head explodes. Mirbella? That's a stupid name. I am a genius! Yep, those first four books really changing the world, Frank. You saw Star Wars. You know they ripped me off. Yes, and I remember the speech you made to that poor teenager in the lobby of the theater while he was just trying to get you, quote, butterless buttered popcorn, which isn't a thing. It should be a thing, because they always overload it with the butter, and then my popcorn is always wet. What is this, some kind of pool party for my popcorn? Actually, I now would prefer the conversation where you were trying to get my pussy to break a pencil in half, because that's better. Yes, my delicious space whore. Your mind-altering fuck session awaits. Yep, blowing my mind over here with your old dick and wrinkled-ass balls, Frank. I'm sorry. 
Duncan. Yes. I'm sorry I called you a whore. Can't wait to bang a 23-year-old when you're dead. What was that? I said I invented a submarine. Okay, fine. Let's just get this quote-unquote session of yours to start. Fantastic. Okay, prepare yourself. Open wide. Here, my, oh, my black Corsican hair. Oh, you can see it flowing. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's really flowing on me, which is really a big turn on for me. Uh, uh. Oh, my memories. Uh, uh. Oh, it must be breaking you. Yes, I am, I guess, a woman named Merbella, because that's a reasonable name to name someone. And, yep, you're really getting in there. So there's that. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Slammerda. Yeah. All right. Finish her up now. Have you gone mad yet? Mm -hmm. I've died a thousand times. Please just, please just come already. Oh, Oh, yeah. There it is. Cleaner two is a fake god. Wow. I am shattered by whatever that was. (sighs) I can't wait till I'm just fucking dead and gone. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 